Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. All right. 9.33, Monday morning, New York City. Been a great show. This guy, Alex Trayman, who calls us live from Jerusalem every day. The JNS.org is amazing. Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, Mark Levin. Mark Levin was great about 30 minutes ago. Lee Zeldin. And how about the Dove hiking call? Still giving me chills. Hearing those bombs go up in the background and hearing Dove hiking break down and cry was a lot. So I watch Brett Bear every night at 6 o'clock on Fox News. Brett's a very, 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 very talented guy. He's got a new book out. It is To Rescue the Constitution, George Washington and the Fragile American Experiment. Here he is from Fox News, the very talented, making his debut on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Brett Bear. Brett, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning. Sid and Friends, good to be here. Nice to have you. We did steal that from Fox. I get no complaints from Kilmeade, <laughs> Ducey, or Ainsley. <laughs> and I got a lot of friends, Bear, a lot of friends. So this may be your opportunity to be one of those guys. So welcome to the show. Uh, before Thank we get, you. You're welcome. Before we get to the book, I do watch you every night. I love your Beltway stuff. I love all your national stuff. You're a very, very bright guy, obviously. Uh, I want to get your take on Biden his 60 minutes piece last night where once again, once again, given the opportunity, he refuses to make Iran part of this attack, which they are 1,000 percent a part of, 1,000 percent. And secondly, that whole restraining thing, you're kind of kind of warning Israel, do what you got to do, but don't. Well, which one is it? Yeah, I, I noticed that, too. And I think the administration has bent over backwards to try to avoid the talk about Iran, and it is obvious every time, you know, whether it's the $6 billion, which they focused on for days, and it's not even that. I mean, it's more about the, the loosening of sanctions and, and enforcing those that are, enabled Iran to have billions and billions of dollars that funnels to Hamas and Hezbollah. I, I listened to that exactly the same way you did. Um, I think there is this, this reticence, reluctance, of the administration to go down that road for fear they're going to have to change some Iran policy that they've had for the last two years. And as far as the warning, um, they've said a lot of good things over the past couple of weeks. But when they start going there before some Israeli operation, obviously it's a, it's a bit of a mixed message. Yeah, it really is. And look, to the Israelis' credit, Brett, as you know, they have warned the folks in Gaza to leave. This is, I think, day three or day four of the race to evacuate. Now, some of these folks, unfortunately, it's actually sad, have been uh, blockaded by Hamas, who want these people to die as martyrs. They don't want to die, but the Hamas wants them to die. And others are just heeding Hamas's warnings and just staying home. But you know what's going to happen, Brett, and it's going to happen everywhere, even your channel, Fox News. Everywhere, eventually, pro-supporters of Israel are going to go the other way. They're going to go the other way, Brett, because people are going to die. Women will die. Children will die, just like the Israelis did, without any warning, without any warning on that Saturday morning. So they're trying here, Israel. Hamas is blocking it. And in the end, Israel is going to be the bad guy. Mark my words. Yeah. I, I'm, unfortunately, I agree with you because it's on, the writing's on the wall. And we can already see some of that around the world in public opinion and it hasn't even started yet in earnest. And, and listen, I spent time in Iraq and dealt with special operators. And that urban fighting, that building-to-building, street-to-street fighting is ugly. 
and it's public. And Hamas is historically uh, uses children and families as, as shields, and we know this. So we know those images are going to be out there, and it's going to be part of the public push that Hamas makes. Uh, we can only hope that some of them get out of the way. Yeah, one more before I get to the book. Uh, you know, I love Trump. I'm friendly with Trump. He's on this show quite a bit. I'll be honest with you because I love you, too. I watch you every night. I thought you were a little rough on him last time you interviewed him. In fact, I think you were too rough. But that's okay. You do? I do. Yeah, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. he, said, he said it was tough but fair at the end. But uh, yeah. I get it. You know, like you got to ask him some tough questions. To his credit, he takes all the questions. He, he does. He does. He takes them, and, 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 and sometimes he answers them. Sometimes he just kind of grins at you. That's scary enough. But on a serious note, uh, you look at what he, what he did when he was uh, the president, and we had none of these issues. I mean, the world, Brett Baer, is on fire. It's a mess here in America and all over the world, and a lot of these issues just were not there when Donald Trump was there. Like him or not, you can't argue that. Now, you can look at a record. You definitely can. And uh, I think that that's what he's going to run on. I, I Listen, publicly, he says a lot of things. He had a tough <laughs> run where he was talking about um, Bibi Netanyahu and not being a fan of when he, you know, the Qasem Soleimani thing. And he, he was talked publicly over the last couple of weeks, and it didn't seem like it fit in the moment. But you're right on, on uh, what he did and what his administration did. You can't take that away from him, and that's really what he should be running on. So when you write the book to rescue the Constitution, George Washington and the Fragile American Experiment, which I want to hear about, because I love these books. Uh, you do a great job with these. Uh, Kill Me is a good friend of mine. Uh, he does, too. I'm waiting for the book one day to come out in about 30 or 40 years about Trump. <laughs> there have been many now, but, I mean, yeah. when it's all said and done. But uh, tell us about this specific book and exactly what you wrote about a very first-ever president, George Washington. Yeah, so this is, this is the fifth of my presidential uh, books, and I really love this process. I'm kind of addicted to it, so, and I think, uh, and as is Brian, and we've talked about this, and it, the effort is to kind of put readers in the room, in the narrative, and my deal is to look through a soda straw and look at a moment in history that's kind of overlooked and see how a leader gets there, deals with it, and what it means for us today. And so this time is right after the Revolutionary War. The British are defeated. We moved on as a country, but we are fighting each other, and it's really a mess. It's chaotic. We're held under the Articles of Confederation kind of loosely, but it's not working. And, in fact, a lot of people want to go back to British rule. That's how much it, it's really bad. And at that moment, they called the Constitutional Convention, May of 1787, and they tapped George Washington, the head of the Revolutionary Forces, to lead this thing. And if not for him, we would not have gotten this over the finish line. And I go through that and why he is this indispensable man in the room. And you get to see him more as a person than just a painting on the wall, you know? Well, Mark Levin, who was on with me at uh, 840s on this station, 6 o'clock every awesome. night, he's great. And he wrote a very nice, I see here, he was one of the guys that wrote one of those back page cover deals uh, for you, which is great. you got a bunch of very impressive people. So let me ask you, Brett, what can our leaders today learn from George Washington? What, what can they do today to kind of, um, I don't know, put some water on the fire? Yeah, and I think that's a great question. And researching and writing this kind of gave me a sense of hope, to, not because the birth of our country was, was smooth, but because it wasn't. It was chaotic. It almost collapsed many times. And we can look back and say, listen, we've been in some dark places, and we've managed to get through. 
that dissent is baked in the cake of who we are, but, but so is union and meshing dissent with union and figuring out how to move the ball forward is what Washington did. And that's what I think we can, we can learn from them. We could use a, a Washington or two right mm-hmm. now. To rescue the Constitution, George Washington and the fragile American experiment. Brett, uh, you are terrific. You know, you, you, you got a great way of delivering the news. You're very confident. I like that about you. You look very nice. You're a Capitals <laughs> fan. I've looked past that. F the Capitals. I'm a Ranger fan. But otherwise, oh, I love yeah. you, Tom. <laughs> thanks, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you for being here. Continued success, Brett. God bless you. There he is, Brett Baer, here on Sitting Friends in the Morning.